Welcome to episode 94 of the Black in Fashion podcast. I am Lanise Kali A. I am your host for the day and for every day and for every year. We're actually coming up on our 100th episode, guys. Um, it's in September along with our three-year anniversary. So we'll be hosting a live podcast in Brooklyn. We'll be bringing out old guests, doing a panel discussion. We'll also have vending opportunity as well so just keep listening and you'll find out all about it so today I am joined with Kristen Johnson of Sophisticated Chic Brand Kristen thank you so much for joining me today yes thanks so much for having me I'm glad you said my my business name correctly because it always gets butchered so I appreciate it really See, I'm yeah, good at that. I know how to sure. pronunciate. <laughs> yes, I appreciate it. Yes, right. but I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, Kristen is actually a professional, is a professional personal stylist, and her biggest thing is that she wants women who want to make an impact in a statement. So you, if you yeah. don't want to make a statement and you don't want to make an impact, then you can't roll with Kristen. <laughs> so I like to start every episode by making sure I do my segment called This or That. And this week, the This or That segment is actually brought to you by, and our newest Black-owned business sponsor is The Real Beauty Bar, located right Ooh. here in Bedside, Brooklyn. They do sculpting, waxing, non-invasive BBL, and lipo, as well as teeth whitening. I am a customer myself. I have had the non-invasive BBL and the lipo, and I've got lashes done. I've got my waxing done there. They have an amazing, amazing staff um, full of professionals that will get you beautiful and right which is why it's called the real beauty bar they are located at 194 malcolm x boulevard in bed stuy make sure you book a book an appointment with them and check out their instagram the link is all in the show notes so Kristen, getting back to us in our game was just called this or that are you a skinny leg or a wide leg girl Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, I know. I've been loving wide leg um, as of now. Skinny legs are kind of going out of style, just a tad. Okay. Um, but wide legs are my favorite, I gotcha. would say. Are you a side boob or an under boob girl? I don't have neither one. <laughs> <laughs> I am a flat chested girl. Oh, okay. So then are you a V neck or a crew neck girl? I'm I am a crew neck, I would say, depending on the, the top. Yes. Gotcha. And are you a fedora or a beret girl? I love a fedora. I have short hair, so mm. it's not, hats just aren't my best friend. But if I have on a wig, I wear a nice fedora. Yes. Gotcha. Hooper stud girl. I love a stud. Very love easy. Perfect, perfect. So let's jump right in. Kristen, can you tell me a little bit about where you're from, um, your background, where you grew up, um, and, you know, what inspired you to take um, on the fashion journey? Yes. So hi, everybody. So happy to be here. Of course, my name is Kristen, just like Lenise mentioned. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, born and raised. Um, and I'm a personal stylist. I got into styling back in 2013. Actually, I started off as a blogger and it transitioned into personal styling the following year. I realized um, that styling was a thing. 
And I said, oh, I think I want to actually do this. I was in college. I was bored. Um, I was into a lot of extracurricular activities, modeling and all of those things. But fashion was definitely something that, um, you know, I had a passion for. So the following year, 2014, I got my first internship. I actually started styling photo shoots. Um, And back then I was actually an editorial stylist. So I did editorial styling for three years and realized that it wasn't really for me. Um, I transitioned into personal styling, which I'm in now in 2016. I had just graduated from college the year before, and I was able to land a position at a company called Trunk Club. Um, So I was styling men, um, doing custom suiting and all of those cool things. And I just stuck with it. And of course, while I was there, I was blessed to have the opportunity to also style women as well. And I just gravitated towards the woman, of course, because I am a woman and we have so many fun options. I love that. So would you say that you are very skilled at many different body types or um, would you say there's a certain one that you feel like you just kind of have like completely mastered? Hello, Kristen? Oh, what happened? Kristen? Do you have me on mute or something? Oh, I think I muted myself. I apologize. No worries. I was asking, is there a certain body type that you feel like you you work the best with? Or um, do you say that you've kind of mastered them all? I've mastered them all. I actually recreated my own list of body shapes back in 2019. Mm. Um, So if you know society, they created, you know, the hourglass, the square, the circle. So um, I actually recreated my own to just be a little bit more digestible and body positive for women. So Mm. I can focus on all body shapes. And that's really my goal for my styling business right now to just really help all women as within all body shapes to feel confident with themselves and be able to dress themselves. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So would you say, um, that there is a certain particular item that every woman should have in her closet? Definitely. Definitely. It's hard to just pick one, but I will say the, the item that every woman should definitely have is a great pair of jeans. Like you can never go wrong with a great pair of jeans. Jeans will never go out of style. So it's just a matter of finding the style of jean that looks great and feels good on you. And then also the color. There's com- They come in so many different colors. Mm-hmm. So really just finding the best jean that fits you and having that forever, honestly, is the best advice I can give for that. Do you have a certain brand that you would recommend for certain body types? Um, not specifically a certain body type. I feel like this brand goes well with any shape because they have a variety of styles. Mm-hmm. But Paige Denim is my favorite um, brand. Paige, P-A-I-G-E. Oh, it's premium Paige. denim. Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize that they're a premium denim brand or even know what premium denim is. But it's an investment, honestly. Um, I know back in 2016, I got my first pair working at Trunk Club and I still have them and they look brand new. So the fact that, you know, we can invest in items and just understand the quality of clothing and be able to do that for it to last that long is amazing to me. So that is my brand. That's your brand. That's what's up. I actually uh, really got into Paige Denim inside looking at Paige Denim. I want to say when I worked at Saks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I worked at Saks, um, oof, I want to say maybe like 2014, 2015, around wow. there somewhere. Like, yeah. And that's when I like I love them and Seven. And have you ever heard of uh, mm-hmm. Three by One? 
I haven't actually. Three by one is a really, really good one. I would say like they're like mm. they have some type of um, thread that is made in Africa where it's actually placed on the belt loop so the belt loop never rips no matter how much you tug on it, pull on it. You know, sometimes that's the first thing to go on jeans is those two back belt loops because you tend to cling on to those when you're putting on mm -hmm. denim. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't mess it up at all. Wow. Yeah, wow. it's See, really dope. It's it's I'm, sure they, I'm sure they're of quality, so I love it. I love, love it, it, love it. Yeah. So um, since you've been building up your business, is there a certain, um, I guess, budget that people have, not even people, that your clientele needs to work with you? And how has that been working? Because I feel like with stylists and something that I hear often from stylists is that, you know, either there's a tight budget or people don't have a budget, whereas styling should be looked at as a luxury. Like you do got to have a certain budget or, or are you willing to work with anyone's budget? So, I mean, it really depends on what the person is looking for and what their ultimate goal is. A lot of people don't realize that when you're working with a service provider, their service fee is is doesn't include clothes as far as like styling goes. A lot of people assume that once they pay me, that handles all the clothes, and that's not the case. Every stylist is different. So I will say um, rates and pricing of services do fluctuate depending on who the stylist is. And I'm always willing to work with a budget, but there is a boundary that I set because there's only so much I can do with, you know, a certain amount of money. Mm. So as long as, you know, as long as they have a, a budget that, you know, I'm covered, then I'm able to, you know, actually assist them and do what I need to do. Um, honestly, because we make a living off of this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand the, the luxury of having a stylist or even um, just attaining a stylist. Like it's a real thing. People have stylists. It's so many different services, subscription services you can get, but people just don't always understand the investment of a stylist. And that's something that I'm trying to educate people on when I'm working with them, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So it's a lot that goes into it. Would you say that, um, like, did you find yourself using a lot of their budget um, or somewhat of the budget, like, as far as, like, it goes with relationships? Like, do you find that the stylists can absolutely make more money if they have certain relationships? Or is it, you know, do people really buy the clothes when you style them? Or are they just borrowing it for, like, photo shoots and thus far? Or are they actually, you know, purchasing these items to keep in their wardrobe? So the clients that I've worked with, I've actually transitioned out of that. So I used to, you know, allow people to buy the clothes just for the photo shoot and return them and all of that. But I've been doing this for quite some time. So it gets to a point where you figure out what's easiest and what's most cost effective for you as a stylist. So for me, I went completely virtual. And I made sure that my audience understood that clothing was not included and they would have to purchase it separately. Thank you. And they would have to purchase it separately. Um, and I've had success with it. You know, I haven't had to really worry about too much. So not not a lot of money isn't coming out of my pocket when I'm working with my clients. They're paying for for everything um, at this point in my career. So, <laughs> yeah. She said, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Do you find yourself um, ever like stepping into like that celebrity world and dealing with that type of styling, or do you prefer to work with just like your everyday people? Because I know that you know I've talked, I've had a couple interviews with different stylists, and some of them are wanting to be in the celebrity lifestyle and do that type of styling, but there are other stylists who just like no, that's you know that's too much pressure, too much of a headache, and you rather just like you know more of the outfitting and creating a lifestyle versus walking into that celebrity world do you have a preference I do I love everyday people I love regular regular people who feel as though having a personal stylist is unattainable for them or out of reach and I want them to be comfortable and to know like hey you can have a stylist too you don't have to be a celebrity you don't have to be rich but you do have to understand you know how much you're willing in something like this but I love everyday people and to answer your question that really comes to you know building a relationship with people I know you asked that previously and that's my goal like I want people to be able to be my friend and come to me when they need assistance whenever they need help when it comes to their wardrobe and to feel comfortable around me because as a personal stylist it's very personal mm-hmm. so I mean it's not it's not anything that I post on social media a lot about um, it's not anything that I'm always like you know, recording, it's really a personal um, thing that's happening between me and the client um, that a lot of people don't realize. So that's where that relationship building comes into play. So celebrities are not for me. (laughs) I'm good on the celebrity tip. Um, But as of now, it's just regular people I love. Gotcha. So I have a a segment called uh, It's a Success or it's a disaster. So I want you to just tell me about a time in your career where um, something went like completely to hell <laughs> and you learned something from the experience and it made you maybe adopt a new business model or you incorporated a new policy or procedure, just something that, you know, went completely away, but you like, it was a learning experience. All the time. That stuff happens all the time. It doesn't happen as often as it used to. But it was definitely a lot going mm-hmm. through it. Um, I will, And it's something that I, I talk about a lot as well, because I also coach personal stylists. I coach aspiring and emerging personal stylists. So everything that I've gone through, I teach them, you know, about my experience so they can understand, like, this is not easy. But I do remember one specific situation where I, before I was charging for consultations and before I was doing any of the stuff that I was doing now, um, I was in a in a situation where I was supposed to work with someone, um, she wanted to hire me to style her photo shoot. I had to style her. And then I had to style six other models. Um, I sat with her for over an hour to just brainstorm and talk through everything. And long story short, she ended up not using me, not, you know, using my services. I sent her two invoices. They were never paid. And from then on, you know, I started charging for consultations and making sure, you know, um, contracts were signed. So, you know, nothing was misconstrued or, you know, nothing was lost in the sauce. So all of the challenges that I've gone through always lead to, you know, something changing in my business. It sucks while I'm going through it. But I mean, honestly, once you get out of it, you realize like, okay, if that if this wouldn't have happened, I would have never, you know, made that change. So I appreciate it after the fact. (laughs) Gotcha. Makes sense. So. 
I want you to kind of discuss and go over with me, is there a certain fabrications that you feel are better for certain body types? Um, I know that I constantly hear that spandex is not necessarily good for, um, you know, someone that has like, I'll say, what is that body type? I don't want to call it I want to say they have a like they have that fupa area <laughs> um, that that might not be the best for them. Do you have a certain strategy that it goes to maybe dressing women that are you know maybe super duper top heavy or have a problem area in their midsection? And what silhouette do you think works best for it? I don't think there's any specific silhouette that you know really looks good with certain fabrics. Um, I will say that when I am styling my clients, I make sure that I understand their comfort level. A lot of people feel like certain, um, I wouldn't even say silhouettes, I'm sorry, fabrications, mm -hmm. um, certain fabrics, my, my apologies. I will say that when I am speaking with my clients, there are um, certain comfort levels that I want to make sure I understand. Some women like their clothes to be super fitted. Some women like their clothes to be loose. So it just really all depends on, you know, how the, the client is. But there are definitely certain styles that look best on certain body shapes. Um, not everybody's shape looks good in everything. So it's really a matter of just focusing on what you want to accentuate, what, what you want to emphasize, but also what you want to not show too much of as well, gotcha. um, which a lot of people don't think about. So that's where the body shape thing comes into play. And that's really the root of women understanding their style, knowing their shape, because not everything that you like may look good on you or may, you know, really flatter your figure. And that's okay. So. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Well, um, what was I going to say? So during your career, I know you said you kind of lean more towards the women. What would you say your target consumer is as far as like age and like demographics and or lifestyle? Definitely. So I primarily work with professional women, executive women and entrepreneurial women specifically. Most of these women are working their nine to fives and are wanting to transition into a new role, get promoted or even transition out of one job and go into another job. Some of these women also own their own businesses. So many of them are starting their own business or balancing both a nine to five and their, you know, their business. And they need some assistance when it comes to really showing up as their best self. They have all the accolades. They have, you know, all the, the experience. And they just really want to make sure that how they look is portraying all of that. Some women aren't as confident in themselves as they should be. And that's where the making impact and a statement with style comes from because I want women to understand who they are, who they were created to be, you know, bosses. Right. So it's just a matter of getting help when it comes to showing up as one. So those are my, my women. As far as age, I would say between 30 and 40. I'm, lately, I've been getting a lot of 50-year-old women, hmm. which I don't have a problem with at all. Um, but yeah, I would say between 30, 40, and 50. Gotcha. Is there any, I guess, article of clothing you despise as a stylist? <laughs> For me, I could just say I despise Uggs. Okay. Like, I okay. cannot stand them. I don't think that they're flattering. I think they make your feet look fat. I think they're perfect for, like, in the house <laughs> if you want some cozy shit. But, like, as mm -hmm. far as, like, outside, like, I, I hate them. <laughs> see and that's so funny because i love uggs like the actual boot mm -hmm. but now that you said it i really don't like those slipper shoes i know okay. uggs has them too 
Mm-hmm. But there are a bunch of people that, you know, have those different slipper shoes, but I hate them. I mean, I just feel like if you're going to wear slippers, I'll like, don't, <laughs> I just don't get why people do that. Cause there are very comfortable shoes that you can wear that aren't slippers. Gotcha. So I hate the slipper shoes. I hate them. <laughs> How did you feel about that? Uh, Balenciaga and Croc um, collaboration. <laughs> I didn't know that was happening, but I will say that Crocs are definitely like super trendy right now. They put um, a heel on them, girl. That oh, a I skinny don't know heel. Like that, I don't know. You got if you look if you like go to Google and you see uh, <laughs> Croc and Balenciaga combination, you're going to probably crack up. Like it's it's just a Croc, but it has a heel on it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no. That doesn't sound <laughs> too cute in my opinion. Ew. Um I I do love a crop. Like they're they're cute for certain occasions. They're mm. comfy, but with a heel, I'm no, I'm good. On yeah, that. it looks I'm like doesn't that take away the whole point of it being like super duper comfortable and like you guys are throwing a heel on it. It just it looks so weird to me. I just say I've never seen anything like it. I'm yeah. just like, this is not mm-hmm. it. Yeah, no. <laughs> gotcha how do you um do you have like a personal or not a personal but do you have a particular stylist that you have ever been like inspired by or you look up to or um who's your favorite I guess stylist outside of yourself right now <laughs> yeah so I mean as far as a stylist that I look up to I love Lauren Messiah I've been following her journey for quite some time she's also a personal stylist black woman Um, she started off in like the celebrity space and transitioned into personal styling. And that's kind of sort of something that I did, um, just starting in a different space transitioning. Um, and I aspire to do exactly what she does as far as being completely virtual and being able to help women all over, Mm -hmm. all over the globe, literally, um, and get paid to do it and make people feel happy and, you know, confident. Um, as far as someone who I look up to, as far as style goes, there are so many women that I follow on Instagram. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross is definitely That's my girl. on the top <laughs> top of my list. Um, I think her name is Kalana Barfield. Oh, love her. She, <laughs> yes, I love, love, love her style. Um, and Hilo Lux on Instagram. I absolutely love her style. Her real name is Janae. She's a vlogger slash influencer. And she, her style is amazing. So I aspire to all of those women, honestly, when it comes to their style. I love Kalana. Like she really does have a very, very like intricate style and I love it. Yes. I just love the mix of femininity and like, um, manly style structured pieces. I love tomboy chic, that whole, that whole style. I think she definitely mixes like, I'm sorry to cut you off, fluidity and structure together. Yes. Yes. I absolutely love that. Um, so I, I look up to her as far as style goes. Gotcha. Um, what does your support system look like within that fashion world? Like as far as like when you were going to grow your business, did you know, were you, did you have to kind of like do everything on your own or did you have someone that was there to help you? And what does that look like for you? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I did everything on my own. Just me and God, honestly. Mm, That's all Um, you need. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have a boyfriend. He's an entrepreneur. Of course, he's not in fashion. He's in the art space. So, but we haven't been, we've only been together for four years. So Mm -hmm. before him, you know, I really confided into people that I worked with. I worked at companies like Nordstrom, Trunk Club, like I mentioned, Amazon, like 
all of my coworkers who understood, you know, what it took to be a personal stylist, I confided in them. Mm-hmm. But anybody outside of, you know, my job at the time, I didn't really have too many people. Um, I will say that I do have one friend who I'm very close with, who is a stylist as well, who I've been friends with her for years, but we're not in the same styling space. So a lot of the things that I talk about, sometimes she can't always relate to. So it's really just me, honestly. Um, and I've been trying to create a space for myself. Um, I, I founded an organization called Black Women Who Style back in 2018. Just off the strength of, yeah, just off the strength of wanting a community, starting it on Instagram. We now have a membership. We have a website. Um, We were hosting events before COVID, but we do a lot of virtual workshops. I do interviews with other stylists so that other aspiring stylists coming up from behind me can learn about their journeys. But aside from that, I mean, that's really all that I have. (laughs) I didn't have too many people who understood what it was that I was going through and what I still go through as a stylist in the fashion world. Cause it's not many stylists out here who are willing to help and just confide in uh, this industry is super cutthroat and very like clicky and secretive. Oh yeah. So it, it takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of uh, patience and just a lot of strength to keep going in this industry. So I'm glad to say that I'm even still here, honestly. Gotcha. How important is, do you feel like that educational and that mentor piece is? Um, I noticed that I'm glad that you have a, um, a school and you're, well, a school and you're mentoring and that you're teaching and stuff like that, you know, to kind of give back to what you didn't receive. Do you, how did, how important do you feel like that education and that mentorship piece is, or do you feel like the mentorship is needed and not necessarily like school. Um, I guess I just want to kind of like know your thoughts on education around fashion as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very big on both, um, education first and then mentorship second. There are so many people out here that want to be stylists and don't even realize what it takes to even do what they want to do. Um, with this new wave of style influencers and, um, style bloggers coming up, a lot of people are getting the, the, the term stylist really confused and they're not really sure what it even means at this point. So it frustrates me because I've been in the industry for about eight years. It's not that long, but I've been in here long enough to know like, okay, it's, there's a difference between a personal stylist, a wardrobe stylist, an editorial stylist, a celebrity stylist, like they're all different. So for a lot of the newer stylists coming in, they don't understand that. So my goal and my purpose and my my mission, honestly, is to really get them to really educate them on all of these things so they can know like what direction they want to go into. Because I mentioned earlier, I pivoted. I didn't want to do editorial styling once I realized personal styling was a thing. Mm-hmm. But nobody told me that. I figured that out on my own. It took me three years to figure it out. So for me... I want to save them time. I want to save them the stress, like all the bull crap that I went through. Like, I want to help them to understand, like, it's a part of your journey. Yes, it's going to be frustrating, but you just got to keep going. If you really love it, it's, you just have to keep going. So that's where that mentorship piece comes into play, too. So it's all mindset, all mindset shifting and understanding, like, where you want to go and where you currently are and figuring out the in-between. How you going to get there? 
So yeah, I'm very passionate about that. So I could talk about that all night. Girl. <laughs> so what would you say are like your um the key skills that you feel like that you need to be a stylist? Do you think that um like garment construction or like fabric knowledge or fit knowledge, like is there certain things that you feel like um are key to being a successful stylist? Yes, definitely fit. Um, I don't think it's important for you to know a bunch of garment construction or anything like that. I mean, it definitely helps and it adds to your experience. There's a lot of things as far as garments that I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. But as far as fit, you really have to understand how to dress a variety of different people, a variety of different body shapes and types. Because at one point I was dressing people in just my clothes. And back then I was a extra small size too. So I was really only dealing with people who were my size. And when it got to a point where the model or the client wasn't my size, I got scared. I froze up because I'm like, wait, I've never worked with anybody that was a size six. I don't know what to do or I don't know what to grab or I don't really know how clothes will fit on them. Mm -hmm. So fit is extremely important. So if there are any aspiring stylists or emerging stylists listening Definitely make sure you practice styling a variety of different people, guys, men, kids, and figure out what, what, what works best for you and what you enjoy doing the most. Um, aside from fit, I will definitely say the business aspect of being a stylist is important. Um, a lot of people don't realize that being a stylist can actually be like a full-time thing. Like it's not something you have to do on the side. Like you can make money doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I was actually getting off a set now. So I'm a personal stylist, but I picked up this wardrobe styling gig working on a TV show. Oh, nice. So that, yeah. And thank you. And it was just a couple of weeks ago, but it's a lot of different um, things that go into play with that. And when I picked it up. I'm like, hmm, do I have enough time for it? Because I'm already doing all these other things. But I decided to do it anyway so I can continue to learn, you know, how to do certain things, what it looks like to work behind the scenes and all of those things. So aside from the business side of things, you definitely want to just make sure you're always learning and you're open to trying new things. Like I was afraid to do it, but I did it anyway. And, you know, I'm able to make connections and really just build relationships with people I would have never thought that I would, you know, be able to connect with outside of this. So being open minded, really understanding the business side of things and really making sure that you know how to dress a variety of different types of people. So fit is very important. Those are my top three things. Okay. Okay. Um, what would you say? Um, well, how do you maintain your current clientele um, and attract new clients? Like what I guess what I'm asking is, uh, what does that customer service piece look like for you? And do you hold your customers accountable? Because I think like we're in a space where I don't know if I necessarily believe that the customer is always right. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. you know, especially if they're seeking you out to hire you, like they have to, you know, um, respect your, your credibility and your expertise and allow you to do your job so what does customer service look like to you yeah so customer service is really big for me um being a black woman um and being a young black woman because I'm not even 30 yet so just really putting on a um a really positive mood and just really making sure that people understand like this is a business I'm professional like you're not going to take me out of character like you know, and really just making sure that the customer is comfortable and gets exactly what they asked for. Um, a lot of people can't handle it, though. 
you know, I'm I'm super good. I used to be an executive assistant and then of course working in um working in corporate and retail, I've been able to learn how to communicate with people in person via email over the phone. So I'm very big on following up, sending emails. I schedule a lot of emails like I really make sure that I provide a quality experience and a quality service so that people can come back. But like I was saying before, sometimes even doing all of those things, you still will get people who just don't appreciate it. And it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's just that person was not the person who you are meant to work with. And that's okay. So, I mean, I'm very big on it. But sometimes I do get pushback from people who um, try to say that I'm doing something wrong or try to, you know, um, say that I said one thing and I didn't say it. So it's important to keep all your receipts send Mm -hmm. you know keep track of all your emails so you can go back and if you mess up that's fine as long as you have proof that you messed up but if they messed up then that's on them so So you with me about keeping that paper trail then (laughs) yes i'm super serious about it i don't handle any business via dm Mm -hmm. um i only really text like clients who i work with multiple times typically i will send an email like i'm really big on that because i don't want anybody saying you know they got the wrong service or anything like that so i'm very big on that yes gotcha would you say um they well not would you say i I don't know why i start every question with that girl it's starting to get on my (laughs) nerve i'm just so used to be like what you say because like i don't like to (laughs) Say, ask directly, like more so opinion based. Um, do you have like contracts and agreements that you set up with people when you start to protect you in that space? Because I'm assuming because you have a service based business that you're not actually gonna ever give a refund because services are rendered and it's not necessarily a product. Exactly, exactly. So, yes, I do have contracts in place. Um, they don't sign contracts until I know that they're like ready to get started with the service. Okay. But contracts are super duper important. And a lot of stylists don't use them because they're like, oh, I'm only going to do this just one time or I'm only styling for an hour. Like, no, you need to make sure that you're protected and your business is protected because anything can happen. The clothes can get ripped up. Um, a tornado can come and like (laughs) all this stuff happens. So you really have to protect yourself. And that's something that I started getting into. I think I started using contracts maybe maybe in 2017. So a year after I transitioned out of um, editorial and went into personal styling, that's when I realized, like, okay, I need something that says this because this can't keep happening. So it's, it's a big deal. Okay. What are some of the obstacles you faced, like, you know, during that transition? Um, You know, have you faced a lot of obstacles in the fashion industry as a whole? I know you said that, you know, it's been like a struggle and stuff like that. But transitioning from that editorial space and then moving into the more, um, like, personable space, do you feel like that you said the money was better, right, moving into the personal space? I, yes, I will say the money was better and I'm, I'm still trying to figure out if it was better because I transitioned, Mm -hmm. um, because living in Baltimore, there's not a lot of editorial, you know, opportunities here, Mm -hmm. but there's not, there's not many personal styling opportunities here either. So I've learned to create my own opportunities, honestly, but, um, I will say that moving out of that space was a challenge for me because everybody knew me as an editorial stylist. Okay. So me transitioning into personal styling, it's like, but wait a minute, um, what's this? 
So reinventing myself, rebranding my business and really honestly telling people no. You know, people were reaching out to me like, hey, can you style this photo shoot? And I'm like, yeah, I actually don't do that anymore. I'm sorry, but I can refer you to someone else. So that was a challenge for me, honestly, learning how to say no, because it was it was a lot of times where I needed money. And I would turn down opportunities that, you know, had money attached to them. Hmm. And that's something that I feel like a lot of stylists get hung up on, the money aspect. Because there's a lot of money to make in this industry. It's just a matter of really understanding how to get to that point. It takes time. It Hmm. doesn't happen overnight. So you have to be willing to um, not make money. You have to be willing to be broke just a little bit. Before, you know, things start to turn around and I'm coming out of another phase. I've hit a bunch of financial phases where I didn't have anything. I didn't have any clients coming in. I didn't have anything. And it sucks because it's like, dang, this is something I really, really am passionate about and really, really want to do. But I'm not making no money. What am I supposed to do? So I've learned to humble myself, you know, go back to work and or maybe even do some things that, you know, I don't necessarily want to do just to make ends meet until I'm able to get to the point where I want it to be. So it's a lot that comes with it. That's why mindset is everything, honestly. Absolutely. You ain't never lied. (laughs) You ain't never lied. Right. (laughs) How is your um, your black designer space? Do you find yourself um, pulling and grabbing and gravitating to them more often now? Um, I do feel like that the black designers are in a space where they are becoming more visible and there are a lot more black brands popping up in a lot more categories. Do you strategically kind of go after black brands or do you just kind of leave like an open forum? So right now I'm actually trying to do that. Um, typically I send my clients to Nordstrom or like the big box department stores because of the variety Mm -hmm. and because of the, you know, all the price points, you know, some women don't want to spend a million dollars on, um, a custom dress, but some women do. So it just really depends on the client. But to answer your question, I'm in the space. I'm trying, really trying to transition into that space and really create like a Rolodex of fashion designers, black fashion designers, who are, you know, willing to have their clothes used for, you know, photo shoots or for a styling clients. Because a lot of fashion designers aren't willing to do that because they understand, like, you know, things could get ripped, things could get damaged. Mm. But I really want to move into that space. And I'm working on something. Um, I haven't really mentioned it before. So this is the first um, for to know. But I'm working on something for black women who style. So stylists can have like a directory of different fashion designers they can reach out to. So when they do need, yeah, when they do need clothes and they they want someone who is, you know, who looks like them and they want to be able to use their clothes, they'll have that. So that's why I'm trying to transition back into that space and really see who's willing to be a part of that. So I actually have that on my website. I have a black designer um, directory. Oh, cool. cool. I do. I have a black designer directory on my website and I'm trying to build it up um, as well as um, I don't know. Are you familiar with my company, LC Apparel Consulting? I looked into it when I was um, on your website. I didn't read everything, but yes, I did see that you, um, it looks like you mentor and or help other fashion designers. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but also know that you do. Okay. And I know that you have your own like uh, business that does that. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, cause we have about, I would love to put you in contact. I have about 
girl, about 300 plus black designers in different categories wow. that are creating products for right here in New York. So a lot of these designers are new. Um, I have a lot of emerging designers. And when I tell you, I probably have any category you can think of. I got it. Whether it's bras, I love that. it's um, uh, undergarments, lingerie, swimwear, outerwear, uh, ready to wear, loungewear, sleepwear. When I tell you I got it, I got it. Wow. Well, yeah. yes, I'm glad I mentioned this because yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for designers, not, you know, not just in bigger cities, but literally everywhere, honestly, because stylists are everywhere. So mm -hmm. designers, makeup artists, hairstylists, nail techs, like I'm looking for everybody to put in this directory. So we Amazing. definitely need to connect. For sure. We <laughs> definitely this. do. <laughs> Amazing. So before we wrap up, I have my last little segment. It's called It's a Muse. And It's a Muse is um, just a segment where you can share maybe a book, an affirmation, a mantra, um, anything that you do that you would like to share with another emerging stylist or upcoming stylist that, you know, keeps you inspired or self-motivated. Hmm. So I actually don't read too many books. I need to get back into it. I'm a podcast girl, but I haven't listened oh, to you, any Oh, podcasts. it could be a podcast. It could be a podcast <laughs> too. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, Black Girl Bosses, I don't even think it's called that anymore. Um, but Tatum Tamia um, is the founder of that podcast. She's Maryland based. Um, and her podcast definitely got me through a lot. Um, I haven't listened to it recently, but definitely it got me through a lot going through my transitions and just my journey as a stylist. I will say, though, um, where I get a lot of inspiration from or just the motivation to keep going is the music. Like, I love music, um, gospel music, R&B, hip hop. Um, lately, I don't know if you know who he is, but I've been listening to a rapper. His name is Larry June, and he's located in L.A. Yeah. And I Look love what up. he raps about. Yes, I love what he raps about. It's very motivational, you know, just keep going type of stuff. Because a lot of rappers nowadays rap about the same bullcrap, you know, money, cars, clothes. But sometimes you want to hear, you know, something that's upbeat that, like, inspires you. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been listening to him lately, and he has a lot of music, honestly. He's not super well-known, but if you live in L.A., you probably know who he is. But I love his music. Um, and that that's honestly what keeps me going. Music, I would say. Oh, nice, nice. I definitely will look him up. Okay. Yeah. Nice, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for joining me today. Um, can you just throw out like your social media handles and the best way to contact you for those that are looking to connect with you? Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I, I'm excited to hear the final podcast. Hopefully it wasn't too much background noise. No, you um, <laughs> Perfect. So you all can follow me on Instagram, so chic Chris. That's S-O-C-H-I-C and then Chris, C-H-R-I-S is my personal Instagram. And from there, you'll be able to find my website and all of those things. Um, as far as my styling business, Sophisticated Chic, that is the name of our Instagram. You can also go to SophisticatedChicBrand.com and or find me on LinkedIn at Kristen Johnson. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And as I always say, people, stay black. Peace out. See ya. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.